and welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you tell us to, and this time around, we watched Boule Proof Monk. I don't know why he can't get hit by boules, but, you know, good for him. Boule Boo Proof A against bullets? <laughs> Avec moi? <laughs> It's more likely than you think. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm John. That's Jeff. Mm-hmm. We're, we're hosting with the most. And <laughs> that's that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. Yep. That's if you uh, say our names three times fast. You go Jeff and John. Jeff and John. Yeah, that, that'll do it. That's also the name of one of the more boring stars. <laughs> oh, yes. Jeff, Jeff and, John. and John. Yeah. It's a boring class star in the, the <laughs> Who Gives a Shit Nebula. Uh, so this was 2003. For Bulletproof Monk, uh-huh. a Chow Yun-Fat and Sean William Scott film, yeah. which is a wild thing to say. Yeah, I mean, this was during that period in the mid-2000s when they were trying to do more like Hong Kong action cinema here in the States, and they would always do it by being like, and here's one person from our country, just to make sure that white people will go to this. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I was looking at Obviously, you know, I look up all the trivia and the dumb shit about production and everything, just in case there's anything interesting about the movies that we do. Yeah. And one of the things that came up was, originally, the role that Sean William Scott was doing was going to go to Heath Ledger, Mm. and that would have made this a very different vibe of a movie. Yeah, you you know... I don't really have anything against Sean William Scott on a day to day. Like I like him. Oh, I, I think don't he's... have anything against him, but the vibe is yeah, very different. It's true. Heath Ledger would have been a weird vibe for this, <laughs> playing like a, a down on his luck pickpocket. Uh, this feels like one of those movies, like like when we watched um, uh, what was that called? The Old Warriors of Virtue. Yeah, where you could tell it was like an American production, but there was a lot of Chinese money behind it, yeah. and the Chinese money was in the room saying rules. <laughs> Uh, you can get that vibe when they're like, oh, we, you didn't make a movie that strikes us as especially American. It feels like an American movie that was that was made by being beat up in an alley by a Chinese movie. I mean, it is based on an American comic book. Really? Okay. Yeah. So it is originally a uh, comic from Brett Lewis okay. and Michael Avon Oming. All right. So sure. Real fucking... Uh, Men non- of genius. Just... <laughs> yes. Real... Monsters. Ah. ah real monsters. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, I did not look up anything about the comic it was based on. I'm sure it's great. It's the sequel to 100 Bullets, I believe. Is yeah, 100 Bulletproof Monks. 100 Bullets and then the Bulletproof <laughs> Monk who doesn't care about them. That's, yeah. that's how you build tension for the sequel. You're like, well, but what about this Bulletproof Monk? Huh? So what are you going to do now, 100 Bullets? Uh-huh. I've got 120 bullets. <laughs> <laughs> He's still bulletproof. <laughs> You're going to be like, uh, 100 lasers. That'll be the se- the 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 third one. Ah, uh, yes, one hundred lasers. Uh huh. Then laser proof monk comes out, and it's just escalation. Yeah, it just goes back and forth like that. Monk with That's an invincible how force field. Works. Yeah. <laughs> I went out to the Ga- Galapagos Islands and found this laser proof tortoise. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's endangered because there were only ever one hundred lasers. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is a kung fu action film that, you know, when Chow Yun-Fat is on screen and doing stuff, 
he rules. Oh, yeah, he's great. And I, again, I don't have anything against Sean William Scott. He's got enough, like, of that early 2000s charisma that you're like, all right, I can watch you do stuff, but you're kind of a goofball. Yeah, he's a little bit of a goofball, but if you called this movie Sean William Scott in his jacked prime takes off his jacket a bunch of times, then I would have been more inclined to watch it earlier than now. Oh, yeah. Because handsome fella, constantly taking off his jacket in a sexy fashion. He apparently had to get, like, super jacked for this. He yeah. went on, you know, that sort of, the dehydration. we haven't gone to Marvel series yet. But... Yeah, well, they haven't figured it out because he never takes his shirt off, just his jacket. Yeah. I mean, you get... A workout scene where he's like, oh, I'm in like a little tank top yeah. doing my karate workout. And you're like, all right. All right. I, I see it. I, I see what you, you're you doing. I, yeah. got, I got what you got. Yeah. And let's not forget to mention that Jamie King is also in this. Uh, yes, from, indeed. From a bunch of genre films in the early 2000s. I feel like she was in like DOA and stuff like that. I can't say for certain. I just remember. I, I just recognized her when I saw her. Uh, I mean, she was in, was she in Sin Dead City. She Sin was City. Goldie. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, and My Bloody Valentine, so good, yeah. good on there. Boy, is her her role in this ever confused? This is a movie that, that really goes nuts in the last 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. It really feels like it just didn't have a lot to say until it got to the ending there. I mean, one of the weird things for me is every time they had a person in this, I was like, shit, do I know you from something? Like... The sort of main lady Nazi that is in this. Oh, I know, right? I was like, are you Elsa from fucking Last Crusade? Because you look Allison, a lot like, like that. Like Allison Duty? Yeah. Who's you only ever know because she was in that. I don't think she was ever in either. I think she died immediately afterwards. <laughs> I think she actually fell in that pit at the end. Yeah. They they shot her. She didn't die from falling in the pit. They went down there and shot well, her. Well, she broke her leg down there. And they were like, well, <laughs> it'd be too much work to get you out. <laughs> we're going to send you off for glue. Uh-huh. <laughs> No. I didn't think that. I thought she was like a young Tony Collette, the, the, the lady who plays the main Nazi. Victoria Smurfit, who plays Cruella DeVille in Once Upon a Time, which is why I was like, oh, no, I do know you. I have seen you in that. Okay, sure. And the guy who plays the main, like, Nazi bad guy. Oh, I know, right? You're like, that's someone. I've seen you in shit. And there's a bunch of people he kind of looks like. I know. But he is not any of them. Yeah. Uh, but granted, I did recognize Mako immediately. This is a Mako movie. I love, hell yeah. I love it when Mako shows up in things. <laughs> uh, and also, there was one of the like random guards in here for the Nazis. I was like, oh shit, I know you have seen you in things. And then he immediately went off screen. I was like, god damn it. I can't, I can't figure you out. And he was Grover Cleveland. And now you know <laughs> the rest of the story. Anyway, the movie uh, is about a monk who's bulletproof, and he goes on a bunch of, of fights. All right? <laughs> I mean, he's, we'll he's very clearly not, not bulletproof. bulletproof. Not really. The movie starts with him getting shot. Well, he's so. not bulletproof. Let's just go ahead and say that he's long-term <laughs> long bullet damage proof. You can shoot him, and he'll fall down, but then he'll get better. No, he's he is bullet resistant. Yeah. We will say he is not bulletproof. Uh-huh. He's not Superman. No. Because he's doing good. <laughs> uh, he's doing well. Yes, he's not. He's, <laughs> Superman does good. <laughs> the bulletproof monk is doing well. Yes. Anyway, uh, I thought it was fine. It's all right. It's a little like 2000s action cinematography. Yeah, it definitely conveys the notion that this is a movie where one guy can fight and they're still kind of worried that they might let him. Yeah. Like every every other fight in this movie is a bunch of hard cuts to characters ju or actors jumping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Are you uh, doing a cool kick? I don't know, but you're definitely jumping in response to whatever it is I did. Man, the the cinematography in this is so early 2000s action movie, and then occasionally they'll let Chow Yun-Fat be like, oh, we can film you like an actual, like, you know, martial arts star, yeah. and watch him do stuff, but the rest of the time, like, all right, back to doing what looks essentially like a commercial. Yes. And if you're concerned about the what early 2000s cinematography means, there is no Matrix freeze and rotate or no. or, or, or uh, super slow-mo shots. So the Matrix did not get into this. Um, huh? But because I know whenever I hear early 2000s action cinematography, I'm like, oh, God, they're going to do a bunch of cameras where they do the rotating freeze frame jump. Spins. Oh, yeah. The, the bullet time spin. Yeah really infected the early 2000s yeah but didn't get didn't get into here this is this is prior to the, the 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 full spread of the plague indeed uh so we will go ahead and play a little music we're gonna come back and do a full in-depth spoiler review for 2003's bulletproof monk back and it's time to talk about a bulletproof monk mm-hmm what's going on with all that monkery so first thing to get out of the way is we're going to be calling him monk or chow yun fat the whole time because this is one of those things where he like gave up his name as part of his path to being a powerful monk yeah he's the monk with no name now granted the other characters in this movie who will eventually adopt his philosophy and take over his power at the end don't appear to have to do that yeah i mean it's it's jumping right to the end of the movie, but who gives a shit? This is all spoilers anyway. Uh-huh. But, like, when we first see him, we have the best fight scene in the movie where he fights his master on the bridge. Agree to disagree. It's got some really good cinematography in it, but it looks terrible. It very, It's very blue, uh, green screeny. Eh. I think it is probably the action of the actors the best action in it that's fair but it does look like a pepsi commercial (laughs) i mean this whole movie looks like a pepsi commercial (laughs) that's what i'm talking about with the early 2000s action flick shit Uh, that's fair but you know he's like oh you fulfilled the three prophecies that are gonna matter later Mm -hmm. and he's like all right and then the, the only thing left for you to do is to give up your name and he's like, great, I don't even remember anymore. And they'll never say what it is, and he just doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. And the end of the movie, when they're like, all right, and now you're the new fucking monk to protect this scroll of infinite power. And, you know, they go through the whole, like, oh, you did all the things. All the prophecies. Gave you yeah. the prophecies and shit. And he even at the very end is like, all right, and there's just one more thing. And I was like, oh, he's going to ask him to forget his name. Fucking all right. Cool. Good, because he has a shitty name anyway. And then instead he's just like, and there's one more thing. Uh, you got to hug it out or whatever. He I got to tell you the end of the yeah. scroll. He the, He's made it so that the scroll doesn't have all the information on it anymore. He memorized the last verse. Yeah. Which is apparently an extremely short verse. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then he's just like, yep, and that's it. Completely doesn't give a fuck about the whole you need to lose your name. He, apparently, in the 60 years that he was the monk that protects the scroll of ultimate power, he was like, actually, that sucks. Not having a name blows ass. Wish I remembered mine. <laughs> but I did say earlier that I forgot it. So yeah, I, gotta... I had forgotten it 60 years ago, yeah. so it's been a while. <laughs> pretty sure it was Thelonious Winklebooby. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Tony Shalhoub, the bulletproof monk. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so the... The beginning, we get the whole like, oh, Chow Yun-Fat, you're, you're now ready because you did the three 
prophecies came true. You beat an army while cranes circled above. You uh, fought, for, fought love for love in the Palace of Jade. Uh-huh. And you released brothers that were not your own with a family that you never had. Yes. And it was like, all right, cool, great. So then, we can look out for that. We can look out for those, but then just be disappointed because they save, they do the first one early, and then the last two were in like the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yes. They, they really make you wait for those other two. And, and they set them up so stupidly. Oh, the, well, the first second one, one is the one that I was most angry about because I was like, no, that's horseshit. Yeah, he's oh, you beat a- an army of seven guys. Yeah, I'm like, that's under, not an Under army. a flock of cranes, by which we mean construction equipment, which is being stored in a subway tunnel for some reason. Yeah, that one made me grumped. I was like, no. You don't think there was You're really gr- reaching for that one. Wasn't it quite as grumping you up as the other one where he gets into a fight in a house and then the girl who's, who he's fighting goes, by the way, my name is Jade. And I'm I'm a mafia princess so this is a palace yeah got it uh like, technically correct <laughs> and i was like i'm fine with shit being technically correct but i'm like beating up seven gangsters is not an army go fuck yourself you didn't even win that fight no <laughs> that's a technicality they even bring up in the movie but yeah the one where she's like by the way my name's jade and i'm a princess so this counts as a palace that was like Mortal Kombat Annihilation levels of bullshit. <laughs> that was uh, that was the first one where I was like, ugh, because I had almost forgotten about that prophecy. By the time we hit that point, she's like, by the way, I'm Jane. I live in a palace. I was like, and by ugh. the way, this is Katana. Yeah. She's got my back. <laughs> I'm Nightwolf. That was my animality. <laughs> oh, that Slipknot, the guy who can <laughs> climb anything. <laughs> and other DC movies. <laughs> and other things. <sighs> so yeah, uh, Chalion Fat ends up, you know, going back to his monastery in 1943, and his master's like, "All right, great, I'm gonna give you the authority to protect this scroll. I've been doing it for 60 years. Then it'll be your turn, and you'll pass it on and whatever." He does a whole light show, gives yeah. him. Oh, it's all windy. Gives him ultimate power, or whatever. And then the master grows all old, and he's like, great, cool, now I'm going to go fucking on vacation. from a nearby hill. By the way, they're Tibetan, and they're Buddhist monks, and this is in Tibet. Yeah. Um, they, while, uh, meanwhile, from a nearby hill, Nazis are watching. <laughs> meanwhile, Nazis. Uh-huh, because it's 1943, so you're going to get some Nazis in there. Yeah. They're after the scroll, because, you know, obviously, Nazis love that shit. They're always doing that kind of stuff. They're finding Hellboys, they're looking for scrolls. Yeah, and the main uh, Nazi here, the bad guy, Strucker, is Rasputin in Hellboy. No, really? That's interesting. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I mean, also, he he uh, was he's Strucker, which means he's also the person who developed the, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in the... Uh, yeah, this guy well, gets around. <laughs> He hasn't quite become a baron yet, I don't think. Uh, Yeah, he he earns his barony between 1963 and 2003, yeah. That's Uh, how that works, right? You earn baronies? Yeah, you earn a barony. Yeah. You're not born into it, you earn it. I think think he won it in a contest by opening a Red Baron pizza. (laughs) Man, how great would that be? (laughs) Like a Red Baron just is like, Eh, you you own this plot of land, you're a baron now. Thanks for buying Red Baron pizza. Hey. By the don't buy Tombstone. They'll fucking put you in the ground. <laughs> and then you just look over and a guy who owns Tombstone pizza is like, oh fucking do it. I'll do it. He's <laughs> just got like a tape measure and a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> the Undertaker is standing by. <laughs> Niles, this is the worst pizza I've ever had. 
Uh, so Nazis attack. They shoot the master now that he is old and no longer bulletproof mm-hmm. or bullet resistant. And then they shoot all the other monks. Yep. And Everyone then... gets to die except for a little boy, Chow Yun Fat, and this little kid and his monkey. Yeah, a little kid and his monkey who do escape, and they and will don't come back. Was the fucked up thing? What do you mean the monkey? The monkey doesn't come back. Oh, you're, you're right. The boy doesn't come back either. His nephew does. Yeah, he's just like, oh, hey, my, I learned from my uh, uncle that you saved his life, and we've been preparing for you in the day that you would need to pass on this scroll. And I'm like, what? You couldn't find a 60 year old Asian guy to be like, hi, I was also there. I'm helping. You already got Mako. There's no more Asian old, old Asian guys. <laughs> he's too old for. What are you it. gonna do? Cast James Hong? <laughs> I'd like to see that. That I'd guy's like never in any movies. <laughs> He's so selective, James Hong. <laughs> oh, man. You can't get him into a film. It's hard. <laughs> Always says no. <laughs> Old playing hard to get Hong, they call him. Uh-huh. <sighs> that's what they say. Hong and hard. That's what, that's, that's what they say. That's what they call him. That's that's what everyone says. Mm-hmm. They're all saying it just <laughs> off screen. Uh, so Strucker shoots uh, the monk, and then he falls off a cliff and disappears. Mm-hmm. And, and then falls and then Strucker yells, "Sixty monk. years into the future," <laughs> and then Strucker stands there yelling, "Monk, monk!" <laughs> and uh, I forgot to record, monk. Damn. <laughs> It makes light of uh, of a real mental issue. <laughs> uh, and we cut 60 years later, 2003, and Sean William Scott is a pickpocket in New York. Or uh, He is a very confused character. I don't think they ever actually say it's New York. I think it is just in Big City, USA. Yeah, it's definitely in Big City. They, but it, it's got subways. So, it, it, so I'm, pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's New York. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, it, who knows? It is definitely giving off the "we want you to believe this is New York" because we definitely filmed it in Toronto. It's definitely Toronto, yeah. <laughs> so it's got that. Yeah, it, it really does. But yeah, he's a pickpocket, and his name is Carr, which is an annoying thing with a K. With a K, because that's the what I think the Cantonese, can- Cantonese for word family. for family. And he's like, I don't have a family, so I named myself after a family. So I'd always have a family. Why, why Cantonese? I don't know. And why would you do that instead of, like, getting a dog and naming it family or something like that? What, what? <laughs> this is my dog, family. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, but uh, in halfway through the movie, you even get, like, uh, Chow Yun-Fat correcting him. He's like, you're pronouncing your own name wrong. Yeah. It would be Ga, not Car. <laughs> and he's like, fuck you, it's my name, it's I'll my, say however I want. It's whatever I say it is. I'm like, great, then your name isn't Cantonese, it's just Car with a K. <laughs> now I'm changing it to 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS. <laughs> oh, you mean Cantonese for family for kids? My my new orphan? <laughs> Amusingly, yeah. yeah by, a, by a strange coincidence, four kids is the same in English and Cantonese. <laughs> yes, oddly enough. <laughs> so- but yeah, he's uh, he's picking pockets on a subway, and then he picks a cop's pocket, and the cop like pulls some fancy sleight of hand and cuffs him. But he pulls even more fancy sleight of hands and uncuffs himself and cuffs the cop to a to a rail and runs away. Yeah, so he's running from the cops. Meanwhile, our bulletproof monk is topside, and some guys in suits with earpieces are like, "There he is! Let's go fucking get him or whatever." Get him, boys, because these guys are all poor fucking monk is basically this world's Pac Man. 
He spends all of his time, if he just stands still for even a second, like 50 guys in suits will just sort of materialize around him and be like, there he is. Get Let's him. go. Uh, and I just got to imagine, like, how long has he been doing this? Or is it just now that they are managing to find him? No, he's mentions multiple times throughout the movie. He's like, I've been evading these guys for 60 years. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Strucker's been after him for 60 years. Yeah. But, like... I feel like they're trying to imply that his granddaughter is the one who's like, oh, I'm the reason we're finding you now. It could be. Because I'm smart or whatever. It may be that he had to wait a while to have a second in command, like enough clout to do it. Like when his granddaughter was six, what was he doing then, right? Exactly. You got to assume he was at one point running his parents or or his his, his kid to do the whole thing. Yeah, but they were like, no, that shit sucks. I'm not going to chase some guy. Are you a fucking Nazi? You have to tell me if you're a Nazi. I mean, obviously I am. I raised you to be a Nazi. And then they're like, yeah, but we rebelled because we're your kids. Nazism skips generations. Yeah. And then, you know, the grandkid will be like, fuck you. I don't like human rights. I'm going to be a Nazi. Exactly. It's like being left-handed. It skips generations. Exactly. Uh Like being (laughs) left-handed. Being a Nazi is in no way different from being left-handed. Hey, Hitler was (laughs) left-handed. Makes you think. (laughs) Really makes you think. Actually, I don't know if he was. You know, Hitler was a vegan and (laughs) left-handed. And that's why I eat meat with my right hand. You know, they say Hitler was a lot like Hitler. <laughs> you know, the one good thing Hitler did is kill Hitler. <sighs> Keep making that joke this week. I know. I know. It's been, it's not a good week for us. Uh, but uh, this is, of course, how our two main characters will collide as the monk goes running through the uh, subway system to go try and get away from the agents that are after him, while Carr is running away from the police that are after him. And they bump into each other. And, and then, then knock a kid onto the railway, and her foot manages to, like, kick under the rail somehow? Uh-huh. So she's going to get run over by an oncoming train when our two heroes jump in there to rescue her, and in a display of cool telekinetic power that we'll sadly never see again... Uh, he basically succeeds in his metal bends. Yeah, he succeeds in his bend bars roll and bends the subway line so they can get her foot out from under it. And he's not even like he just holds his hand over it and then lifts his hand without touching the rail, and the rail follows his hand. He's yeah, like, he does Magneto. metal bending. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, but he never does anything like that ever again. So, yep, he's got very occasionally weird mystic powers, and otherwise is just a kung fuzman. Yes, I mean, he does always have the one power, which is that he looks exactly the same as he did in 1943. Yeah. But beyond that, yeah, he just has, very occasionally be like, I'm magic as well, but don't ask me to do it twice. (laughs) I can only do any given trick once. Mm -hmm. So you can tell, it's been 60 years, I don't have a lot of other tricks. Bending the railway uh, rail is one I haven't done yet, so I can't do that again. You think you would have used that during that period he grew up in where trains were super way more important than they are now. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, they rescue the girl. She ends up on the other side of the rail car, and they both vanish because they go down the the, uh, the rail line. And now the two of them are talking in a tunnel, and uh, he's like, hey, I kind of like you. I can already tell you're a... Pe-. This is the monk. Hey, Sean William Scott, I kind of like you. I can already tell you're a scrappy young youth or whatever. Yeah, and, then he- and you, you know... You you like to think that you're so tough and you're like a thief or whatever, but you jumped down onto the rails in order to save a kid. You have compassion in you. You're yeah. a good person at heart. Basically, he's already starting to test him. And, and I, you know, sometimes I like their relationship in this, but for the most part, it's just Chow Yun-Fat saying, you know, martial arts wisdoms. Yeah. And Sean William Scott being like, what? <laughs> hey, I'm Sean William Scott. <laughs> yeah. So every time they're like, all right, now I'm going to teach you how to do some fighting moves, okay? 
It's uh, it's not about the others. It's about yourself. What? It's not about the wind. It's about your reaction to the wind. What? <laughs> Can you actually teach me a move? No, that's not no. what that's not what this is. Look, no. Learning how to be a magic martial arts person is learning koans. Yeah, you learn enough koans and you're a magic martial arts person. That yeah. says Bulletproof Monk 2003. That's it. Mm-hmm. Director Ridley Scott. <laughs> not really. Director Ridley. From, uh, you yeah. know, from Metroid. From, from Metroid. It was directed by a, by a purple pterodactyl. <laughs> and you can tell. Yeah. There's a lot of purple pterodactyl shit in this. Look, if you just provide a purple pterodactyl, I'll direct whatever you want. 28 gold to purple pterodactyl? I'm looking up what the director actually has done. Uh, and it looks like this and music videos. Okay. That's really why, I guess, it feels the way it does is i'm like oh this does feel very you know music video directorial things that does explain how there's a full five minute long power man 5000 routine in the middle of this yeah oh it's all hip-hop shit i know i'm kidding and christina aguilera (laughs) she better switch me chairs okay um (laughs) anyway where were we uh so anyway obviously car pickpockets the monk gets his little magic scroll and then uh runs away he's like now i'm good man i don't want any of your your antiquated wisdom goodbye yeah. Um, now, immediately that... gets jumped by a couple dudes in the subway mm-hmm. who are like, hey, you've been lifting in our territory, and we're going to take you to go see Mr. Funktastic. Mm-hmm. And He's boombastic. They call him Mr. Funktastic. Yeah. Although the tattoo on his chest says Mr. Fucktastic. <laughs> there is no N on it. <laughs> well, he got it spelled wrong, you know. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know. And it's not even CK. It's just you didn't put the N in Funktastic. It's just Mr. Funktastic with a K. <laughs> Tattooing is an imprecise art. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Sometimes you get a tattoo that you think says one thing and it says Fucktastic instead. Look. <laughs> Look, every single person with a kanji tattoo, it says Fucktastic. <laughs> That's Mr. Fuzz- Fucktastic to you. Yeah. You need two kanji for that. <laughs> You think you have strength and wisdom? You don't. You have Mista and Fucktastic. And it's spelled like that. M-I-S-T-A-H. But this guy kind of looks like you and McGregor, but kind of sucks. And yeah. he's Mr. Fucktastic. And he's like a gang leader. And he's like, oh, you've been boosting in my territory. You know, I'm British for some reason. Yeah. And you really think this guy's going to be a character. He is not. I mean, he is a character. He does in, show up in one more scene. In the way that, like characters are welcome at usa network oh, that's fair. this yeah. guy is a character yeah yeah basically he is the fagin to a cloud of of uh you know oliver twist grade youths that live in the subway who immediately rattle off the rules of being a booster who works for mr fucktastic yeah where they're like yeah you get to stay in his gross subway tunnels and also you can eat at his gross restaurants for free <laughs> which i was like well i know what the pad looks like it's this weird subway tunnel What's the food situation? Yeah, let me see. Show that. me that. Let me see the food you own. What what kind of what kind of shit you got? Because like they're like, oh yeah, he takes sixty percent off the top of whatever you steal. Yeah, which Jesus. But oh, but that buys you room and board essentially. And I was like, all right, okay, I can see that. If you're like, no, I actually am a homeless youth. Getting that is fine. Yeah, sure. it's that or the Foot Clan. You know, you got you, you, you there's options in yeah, New York. Yeah, and if you're not into, you know, skateboarding or arcade games, then you you're going to go to Mr. Funktastic. Plus at that point you pretty much just get sort of clowned on by a martial arts man who doesn't really want to hurt you instead of straight up wrecked by ninja turtles. Exactly. So the options are pretty they're pretty straightforward. This one's a much lower rent operation, but it comes with much lower risk. Yeah. I mean, 
and you've got a delightful British caricature rather than, you know, the Shredder. Yeah, and Tatsu, <laughs> that guy who, like, worked for him and ran the Foot Clan. I don't want that guy to get mad at me. No, that guy, if he was mad at me, I'd be like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm, no. I'm, no, no, he's going to replace me with a robot. <laughs> Stupid automation taking over this industry. <laughs> oh, god damn it, Shellhead. <laughs> Not just that one, but you remember how all the Foot Clan are eventually robots for the video oh, I mean, games and cartoons. Yes. Yeah, that's that's not because it was too violent to beat up kids on TV. It's because robots took over those jobs. <laughs> it's never too violent to beat it's up cheaper kids to on animate TV. robots. You know, just ask the uh, Gendy Tartakovsky about it sometime. Just ask him. Yeah. Normally, anytime was... you see him, chase him down and ask him. <laughs> hey, hey, is it cheaper to beat up robots than kids? <laughs> He's like, God damn it! How do they keep knowing this? <laughs> That's my ancient secret. <laughs> Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Well, I mean, I don't think Gendy Tartakovsky is Chinese, but maybe he knows some Chinese secrets. Yeah. It's not impossible. <laughs> of course he knows them. He knows that that means Mr. Fucktastic on your arm. That's, that's kanji. That's Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are off the rails. <laughs> well, yeah, they got bent off of us. We're fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> I mean, they had it had to have been put back because... That train did not immediately derail and murder everyone. So. No, it was just a slight bend, enough to get the foot out from under it. I'm sure it was A-OK. I'm sure it'll be fine. But anyway, Mr. Fucktastic is really mad because Sean William Scott's like, no, I don't want to be a member of your booster club. And he's like, oh, that was the wrong decision, mate. Now I'm going to have my boys beat you the shit out of you with pipes and stuff. I'm going to get your balls. And then, yeah, he's going to cut his balls off. And then everyone fights him and he spends most of his time just dodging them and diving between bits of construction equipment with uh, the monk watching from the distance because he knows he stole the scroll and he has to go get it back. Um, and he just watches the fight. And he's like, wait a minute. He's winning this. No, uh, he's it's under a bunch of cranes. It doesn't matter. He's going to lose. And this is also where we introduce Jade, who we will not know the name of until the last 15 minutes of this movie. She is just known as the bad girl. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, Sean William Scott flirts once with her and she's like all right that's enough i'm gonna be on your side and so she kind of like kicks him a big metal pipe so that he can do the like oh i i've got like a bow staff now so i can do the like flippy spinny shit with it yeah yeah she is a confused character you could tell they really needed a female lead interest but they were afraid to make her like a cop or an fbi agent because that would that would confuse things so instead she's like a secret mafia princess who's a member of this gang for mysterious reasons i mean the whole thing that she gives, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm out there on the streets because I want to prove myself where no one knows who I am, because normally my dad is so scary and important that everyone just gives me what I want because they're scared of my dad. So I want to go make a name for myself. OK, then why are you running a honeypot scam on Fucktastic? I don't get the point of that part. It's weird. I mean, the idea that she's like oh i'm super rich but i like to go pretend like i'm from the street because that gives me cred or some shit i'm like all right well that's fair i got that part all right i understand that i get it that's a normal thing that rich people do in movies for Uh, some reason yeah it totally is that's very prince and the popper of you i get it yeah but why are you spending all of your time promising that you're gonna bone this fucktastic dude and then finding ways to evade him is that just also fun or is that just part of it is there a motive is it the only way he'd let you join the gang is if you if you spent a bunch of time teasing him or something what what is the what's the point of that and I assume it's just because we need a scene where he's like, oh, oh, that's my girl. That, you know, that kind of thing. That's my bird. Yeah. And indeed he, so Carr gets the pipe, spins around, you know, beats some guys up and then starts showing off and accidentally slips and loses the pipe. And Funktastic is like, great. Now I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And so 
Jade has to step in and be like, uh, no, I, watching you fight gets me so hot. Let's not kill this guy. I'm, I'm he super, sucks anyway. And this time I'm definitely going to let you bone me instead of pulling my foot vagina football away at the last possible second. <laughs> oh, my vagina football. Og, he says in a British accent somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you subscribe to Sports Illustrated, you also get the football vagina. Ah. <laughs> uh. Commercials from the 90s. <laughs> so many wells. So many of the same goddamn wells. <laughs> so she manages to talk Funktastic out of, you know, murdering Carr. Uh-huh. And then he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll just leave then. He's like, great, don't let me see you boosting in this territory again. Yeah. And he fucks off and uh, the monk finds him and is like, hey, dude. Uh, nice moves back there. Give me back my scroll. Well, he already has it back because yeah, he stole it Carr from him again. tried to give it to Funktastic as like a, oh yeah, that's right. Hey, I'll give you this if you let me go. And he's like, I don't want your cheap Hong Kong street shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is definitely some shit you just found from some like bullshit made in Hong Kong vendor on the street. I don't, I don't want this. Yeah, so Monk has it back, but he's like, hey, the reason I didn't help you was because you stole from me. By the way, you're really good at fighting. Who trained you to fight? Golden Palace. And I'm like, ooh, the casino website? Cool. <laughs> But no, he mostly just means he learned all of his fighting moves from watching old Chinese movies in a Hong Kong action cinema theater. Yeah, he lives in the upstairs area of a exclusively uh, Hong Kong action martial arts film theater. Run by Mako. Run by a Japanese guy. Who does who does mention that. Yeah. He's like, they, they're like, how come you're running this anyway? You're an old Japanese man. Why are you Why running are you a- showing Chinese action movies? And he's he just like, kind of goes, you. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And you're like, yeah, that's great. That just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can love Mako so much. Ugh. And, uh, you know, Monk follows him there. We have our first little, like, confrontation and a neat little thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to do a fight scene with you while holding a bowl of cereal mm-hmm. and not spill the cereal, which would have been more impressive if it was an actual fight scene and not just him doing, like, the Michael Swoopies. Jackson leans. Yeah, he just keeps leaning away from things. And like, oh, I can just float and whatever. And I'm like, okay, I get that you're magical, but the whole point of a set piece scene where you're like, oh, I've got liquid and I'm not going to spill it while I fight is that it should be impressive because you're doing normal things. Yeah. But as soon as you're like, oh, I'm just going to like fly on the ground with the bowl out. I'm like, oh, then it doesn't matter. You're magic. Who gives a shit? I've read before people complaining about American-made Hong Kong-style action cinema that the the problem is that they are not willing to do the bullshit that Hong Kong cinema will actually do. Well, they'll be like, uh, yeah, Jackie Chan will just jump out of a building and try and grab a pole that's out there and see what happens. It's fun. <laughs> what, what do you mean safety equipment? Who, he's given himself 16 concussions. We don't know. He'll probably die. Um, and so when you make an American one, they can't do that. They just genuinely can't. Yeah. And so instead the movie, you know, looks bad. Yes. There's a lot of like, oh, we got to replace, you know, action with like wires and wires and CGI and editing, just like complex editing to make it look like a fight happened. And, you know, I get it. I don't want movies to be made unsafely. Um, but it does mean that when you try to emulate the style of a Hong Kong action cinema movie from the nineties, you kind of can't yeah it's i mean it's also unfortunate in this fight as being sort of emblematic of why this movie is fine for me like i enjoyed it but it wasn't great is you're like oh it starts out and car tries to like punch him and kick him a few times and the start of the fight is you know chow yun fat actually moving around and like 
moving the bowl and doing the motions and everything. Yeah, and then he but, switches to magic. But then it just goes into like, oh, I'm just going to like fly on the floor and just flip through the air. Kind of looks like what would happen if you tried to kick Mary Poppins. <laughs> you know, she's just going to float gently away from you. Uh, <laughs> and then those penguins will fuck you up. They will. They will. <laughs> the Madagascar penguins will fuck you up yes. in, in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Madagascar penguins and Mary Poppins are tight. Uh-huh. Little known fact. Little known fact, but now you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, he basically is like, I, I, I will teach you how to fight because I see there's potential in you. And also because now he's, now that he feels like, oh, he didn't quite win that fight, but you did win over the girl who helped you win the fight, which counts as a victory because you didn't get your ass kicked and yeah, you walked you away from it. you used your charisma to win. So that still counts as a victory. And even though I'm sure the word in cr- for cranes in Tibetan is different than the word for like uh construction equipment, equipment in tibet in tibetan he's like yeah it doesn't matter it's fine it's in, in whatever language the prophecy is in is fine i don't care no one cares like no, i translated a- it into english and now that we're in you know america i'll use the english version of it. sure that's fine um i'm not sure what those cranes again we're doing in a subway tunnel but sure uh so he's like, uh, maybe you're my guy. Maybe you're my. I gotta w- have to watch for you to see if you fight in the Palace of Jade or whatever. But for now, I- I'm gonna offer to train you. But mostly, I'm gonna be like a gnomic weirdo monk type. So yeah. I'm be like, he's oh, like, well, I'm, I'm you gonna can't eat get food. rid of me. I'm gonna sleep in your bed. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and I'll I'll leave you alone if you can answer my like American con of just why do hot dogs come in packages of. 10 and hot dog buns and packages of eight the fuck is that shit you tell me the american co- what does that mean that like gallagher is the american buddha i mean the thing is at that point i was like oh it's capitalism that's why it's capital yeah and it's funny because that's actually the first answer he gives when he's, yeah, like, he's like hey i figured out your bullshit riddle it's so you always have to buy more of them which is correct yes the, he's like yeah because you can't i'm gonna try and then extrapolate that into being like oh philosophically you can never be happy with what you have yeah you always have to keep striving for more and reaching for something, and it's never enough. And he's like, well, no, that's not it. But it very clearly is the actual reason. Yeah, and the actual answer, which shows up at the end of the movie, which is weird, because I feel like it shouldn't have had an answer, is uh, because that way you always have some stuff left over, so you can always feel like if things are down, why not have a hot dog? You can dog? at least have a hot dog. Which is weird, because part of the movie is is him saying, hey, don't eat meat, It's uh, it will, puri- it will uh, poison your purified body. Yeah. So you can't always have a hot dog. I Except... At the end, it's not like he goes, yes, and now I've become Buddhist and I believe all the shit you do. He's just no, like, nope, now no, I'm just Kung Fu except man. Except that that's the right answer, though. Because he's like, tells that to Chow Yun Fat, and he's like, you got it. <laughs> Correct. You did it. <laughs> uh, I really wanted the answer to be like, uh, that joke is so fucking old that there's mold growing on it, and you can easily buy hot dog buns and packages of eight and hot dogs and packages of, uh, of eight and ten now. Yeah. It, that, that, that's been changed years ago. <laughs> no. Now I buy them in 12 and packages of 10 for the buns. The answer is that you, so you get to buy four of one and five of the other because 40 is the lowest common denominator. And that way you end up with, a, with enough hot dogs for a cool party. A hot dog party. A hot dog party. And, hot dog. <laughs> hot diggity dog. That's the answer to your bullshit riddle is, is who doesn't want to have a hot dog party? <laughs> Invite 39 of your friends. For a hot dog party. Uh-huh. And other things. And <laughs> no other reason. Uh, and then we get our, like, little montage of him watching a kung fu film and, like, I'm going to do the moves right along with it. So you're like, ah, good. He went to the, I don't know, splinter school of kung fu. <laughs> you know, at one point during the movie, he does make a funny. <laughs> I mean, it's Sean William Scott. He's, He's going to make a funny. He does often make a funny. 
I was just thinking, what, what do I like Sean William Scott in? And I really remember the, I think he's like uh, Mac's brother in a couple episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's like Country Mac. And it's and he's, he's phenomenal at that. So, <laughs> so that might be my favorite role of his. I mean, obviously, if you are of an age, he is just Stifler. I know he's Stifler, yeah. Like, if, if you're trying to remember who he is, you're going to Google who played Stifler. That's, <laughs> who that's, is Stifler? Who is Stifler? Who is Stifler? <laughs> the best thing Stifler ever did was kill Stifler. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Meanwhile. How you doing over there? <laughs> oh, great. Okay. <laughs> this has gotten real weird. <sighs> Meanwhile, Jade goes to the Human Rights Organization Museum opening. Uh-huh. And... That's way too many words. Ends up going to see, like, oh, uh, here's a lady who's opening it up and is like, oh, we've made so many strides, but we failed. We have to, you know, keep reminding people that shit sucks and that, you know, we need to do whatever. Yeah. And, and Jade's got some sort of philosophical objection to this, so she decides to voice it to the lady directly. Yeah, she's like, hey... Why do you keep showing all the worst parts of humanity? And why why isn't your entire exhibit here about, like, how people are nice to other people? She was like, oh, because that doesn't sell tickets. I mean, there, she shows her a picture of a, 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 a insurgent holding a gun to the head of a, of a hostage and says, like, now tell me your, your true self. Like, look deep within yourself. Would you rather be the person with the gun pointed at them or the person with the gun? Excuse me, I need to be somewhere. Excuse me, I'm a Nazi. Yeah. And then fucks off, and we find out, oh, she's the granddaughter of Strucker. I, I, I mean, the, it's not like you shouldn't have a pat answer ready that doesn't involve, like, asking her if she's actually evil. It could have just been, like, by bringing attention to atrocities, we make people aware of them, and they really do grab a lot of headlines and attention. Yeah. If you show pictures of, I mean, there's a reason if that I, dude If I in make an exhibit of people giving out, like, food to homeless folks people go oh that's nice and then not give a shit yeah oh you're right you're right i should probably make a museum dedicated to that time and during the pandemic where all those celebrities decided to sing imagine oh, that wasn't embarrassing oh uh, it's it's just one of those things where when she comes up and says that i was like oh that's i know that you're trying to be like uh i care about things mm, but very clearly i was like oh because that would be not an amazing like that if you have an entire museum sure have a section that's like I don't know. Here's about philanthropy and here's the part about and positivity and change. But I got to feel like oh, this is a really bad message for Jamie King's character to be playing. Imagine her at like the Holocaust Museum. Like, I was literally yeah, just thinking how, that. How come you don't focus on any of the positive aspects of the Holocaust? Oh, uh, why? Why don't you talk about any of the people who went and saved? Why, why is it all all about the tragedy of it? Like, <laughs> and they'd be like, we we do. There's a whole wing dedicated to what the survivors did, accomplished with their lives and and how we work to prevent things like this from ever happening again. You should probably. I don't know, shut the fuck up you and look around for just, more than one minute. Just put on the fucking headphones and go for the tour. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a suggested donation? <laughs> uh, but again, it's like, why is she here doing this? She's like a, a spoiled mafia princess who becomes a bad girl kung fu expert for some reason. Like, why is she also doing this? We never established no, beyond... It's weird that she even is there, because I'm like, oh, this is just to establish that Nina is the granddaughter of Strucker yes. and a bad person. And someone had to do it. But we didn't even need that. She could have just given her little speech and been like, ah, yes, and now we will see, you know, the great strides of human rights. And then she walks outside and you realize she's a Nazi 
And you're like, oh, you didn't need yeah. a character there. I feel like the, the literal only reason this scene happens at all is because these two characters are going to have the obvious girl fight showdown at the end of the film. Yeah, because when you're like, oh, this is a movie about people doing kung fu fights. All right, well, we need a, someone for our lady kung fu person to fight. All right, here's a lady Nazi. Yeah, that, and, and we can't just have them randomly fight. So we have to have one scene where they meet each other and say, one of them's got to say evil stuff to the other one. Yeah. And when the point later when like, oh, the uh, Nazis storm her house, she has to be like, ooh, I know who that was. I've seen her. She's at the human rights organization. Which I go to regularly just in case I get to make one of my weird points. (laughs) I've got weird shit I like to say. Anyway, we're really taking our time on this one so far, so we can probably jump along. There's a training montage. Yeah. Uh, where basically the monk promises Sean William Scott that he'll learn to fly by understanding what air is correctly. He's like, oh, you know, you don't see air, but it can fill your lungs all the same. It is the same as the sea or the the earth, and you can walk on it like a stone, and you can swim through it like water if you only believe. Yeah. And he's like, what, so if I believe gravity doesn't exist, I can do all that? And he's like, yes. That killed me because what he specifically says is, uh, so wait, you're just saying that the laws of gravity don't apply? And I'm like, all right, first of all, there are no laws of gravity. So let's put that on your little board. <laughs> There's the theory of and gravity. all things are possible through Christ, so not, th- <laughs> not write that down in your Jot that down, yeah. <laughs> no, there's the theory of gravity and the law of attraction, <laughs> sir. Sir? <laughs> I need to talk to you about the laws. Also, there's a difference between laws and laws, like scientific laws. This is the this is a whole McCavity conversation <laughs> that we're not prepared to have right now. Ugh. And then they get attacked by a fucking attack helicopter, which I was like, this was made in 2003. What major city do you think a helicopter can start shooting machine gun and not immediately get missiled down? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 2003 was a very different time. Like, you could do that at Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Everyone was like, oh, helicopters are fighting again. Oh, no. Well, fucked up. (laughs) But 2003, 2003, if a helicopter was flying around, they'd be like, what the fuck is that helicopter? And the second it starts shooting, they'd be like, scramble jets. Yeah. (laughs) But it's okay, because a Nazi's controlling the helicopter. (laughs) And the jets. That's right, America. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nope. Uh. <laughs> but uh, so so anyway they get into a big long extended fight with a bunch of these suit goons because there's just an endless supply of suit goons in this movie yep uh to the point where uh the monk manages to get into the helicopter where he flings a dude off of it which was surprising given that there's a scene prior to this where he uh you must never kill anything yes, where he chastises sean william scott for eating a hot dog because he's like you can't kill anything you're never allowed to kill anything at all it ruins you as a person and it kills your spirit and then he kills a man by throwing him out of a helicopter now here's the thing we don't see him die we see him fall through a skylight uh-huh We see him fall like 60 feet to a skylight that he falls through and continues falling even more. Yeah, Yeah, into the mattress factory. Maybe there's a mattress factory where it's pool day down there. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. He's fine. He fell 60 feet onto concrete and Uh, was fine. Fell onto glass and then onto concrete and was fine. Don't worry about it. It's... It's very Batman-y, where he's like, you can't ever kill, unless it's with a vehicle or regarding a vehicle, and then kill away. Oh, yeah. No, it is it is definitely the action movie thing of you're not allowed to kill, you know, like like up close and personal. If you just throw a guy, once a guy's in the air, it's gravity killed that guy. It's I didn't a, do it. It's the Jedi thing. You're not allowed to kill your opponent unless you're flying an X-Wing. Then you could blow the top half of him off the bottom half. <laughs> 
Uh, but during this fight, Sean William Scott manages to like almost get knocked off the building. He is clinging to the side. He has the scroll and then he drops it and the monk saves him and not the scroll. But, oh, Nina gets the scroll and drives off. But wouldn't you know it? The monk is much more clever. And he's like, oh, yeah, I assumed that at some point in these 60 years, someone would get a hold of this because Jesus, I've been at it for a while. So I just put a recipe for noodle soup in there and uh, I tattooed the actual scroll onto me so yeah. that I could never lose it. See what he probably should have done. I mean, the noodle soup recipe is very funny and it's fun to watch the Nazi bad guy be like, it's a recipe for noodle soup, you fucking idiots. Go get me the actual sc- the, the guy or whatever. The fact or- that you are my granddaughter will not help you for much longer. Yeah. All he should have done was put a fake so- a Tibetan song in there. Yeah. Just like, oh, it's a Tibetan song. And if you sing it, you gain immortality. And just make it so that several of the words are like homonyms or, you know, with a complicated rhyme scheme or something. So that this Nazi spends the rest of his life being like, oh, we don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. No, wait, that says T-H-O-T. So it's like that hoe over there for the thought. Okay, no, I'm just doing it wrong. It's not, it's my fault it's not working. Instead of, you know, like, oh, this is a noodle soup recipe. Go get the real one. Yeah. You could have, you could have mind freaked him is all I'm saying. Well, I was like, oh, what you should have put in there is put in like, you know, again, put in a fake one that seems like it would be right, but just like rip the bottom, (laughs) like fourth of it (laughs) off. And he'd be like, no, God damn it. (laughs) But then he's still after you. Then he's still like, I I mean, he has to assume, oh, you've never read it because the whole point is humanity isn't ready for this. Yeah. Except he very clearly did. He just didn't read it out loud. Yeah. I'm still saying the best way to do it is to straight up put a false recipe for immortality in there that that is just a different song. There was a false recipe for immortality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Noodle soup won't make you immortality. And that means that technically all noodle soup recipes are false immortality recipes. (laughs) That's true. Uh Uh-huh. Technically. Mm -hmm. Except for the one that makes you live forever. Except for that noodle soup. Uh, Yeah. Campbell's chicken and stars. (laughs) It'll make you live forever. Trust me. Uh, Animals, chicken, and vampire blood. So it turns out that the scroll is tattooed on his chest. Uh Uh-huh. And then he's like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, But here's the thing. Like, they get back to the Golden Palace where Carr lives, and Mr. Kojima, Mako himself, has been strangled to death by Nina, who is trying to find them. Uh Uh-huh. And so... That's the point where the monk is like, all right, you should go. I fucked up. I shouldn't have even brought you into this. This is fucked up. Yeah. Except there's a fucking prophecy thing you got to deal with. I really wanted to be like, he was just like, fuck it. I'll just deal with this for another 60 years. I was being too cutesy with the dumb prophecy. Fine. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I was just really hoping it would be you because I've been doing this for 60 years. Yeah. So it seemed like I should find the person who was right for this. Yeah. So anyway, I'm leaving and, you know, you can just be sad about Mako. Sorry. Sorry. Really sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm, try- I'm trying to fix it. Oh, we should say earlier they did find, like, under some shop, uh, like, Tibetan monk yeah, yeah, thing. It was like a little hideout. Yeah, they find a monk down there and he has a name. He's not one of those monks who has to forget his name. But the, the screenwriters, of course, only knew one Tibetan name, as most people did uh, for, for forever. So his name is Tenzin. And, uh... He is in charge of a bunch of other monks down there, and he's like, "Oh, hey, we've been preparing." Yeah, we've for got you. all the candidates because he's the nephew. He's the nephew of the kid that the dude that that, that uh, the monk saved at the beginning. Yeah, he's like, "I've been preparing for when the sixty years would pass, and you would need to pass this on." So I've been getting the best of the best of these monks 
so we can find someone to take this over. And this sets up the, I want to call him like the quaternary bad guy because he doesn't matter. But there's the monk who's the best pupil. Turns out to also just be evil and wants the scroll for his own power much yeah, later in the up, movie. When they come back to there later on, he's like, oh, I'm going to sell you out and like calls Nina in and is like, oh, they're here. And they show up. They raid the uh, the little underground monk area, take all the monks. Obviously, the Nazis like, why did you think I was going to share any amount of power with you? You're Asian. And I'm a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, because it's World War II. You're not Japanese. Get in the torture machine. <laughs> Aw, but you killed the only Japanese guy in the movie. None of this makes sense. Yeah, well, I didn't. Nina did. And she's really and she's bad at World War II. She's a neo-Nazi, which is different. They're very different. <laughs> she fucking sucks, okay? She watched American History X too many times. And t- took the wrong lesson from uh-huh. it. Which is what everyone does when they watch movies like American History X or Fight Club. Ah. They take the wrong message from them. Ah, I see this person is a badass, and I will stop here. Yeah. <laughs> I will learn nothing. Yeah. Ah, so he kills the uh, turncoat monk, and we he has all of these monks then in like his little sewer layer yeah he fucking makes the pain machine from princess bride yeah he's like oh i've got a machine that tortures you for information and for some reason it's water powered like the fucking princess bride machine yeah he makes straight he just makes the pain machine yeah it's really weird that he bothers with that i don't know why i assume he saw the princess bride went i should make that i'm a nazi he took the wrong lesson from it yeah (laughs) he took the wrong lesson from princess bride (laughs) i should build a pain machine I I built the the uh, life sucking machine from Do Not Build the Life Sucking Machine. <sighs> so, uh, when they raid that place, obviously the monk and car get away, and they're like, "All right, where can we go that's safe?" And he's like, "Oh, we'll go to Jade's place." Yeah, because she don't know left a message yet. for him. Yeah, and she's like, because "Yeah, we'll she, just go there." During the initial fight when he was flirting with her, he also stole her necklace. Under the idea that he'd give it back to her later and say he found it, and that way she'd be interested in him. Yeah. He's like, oh, that, that'll that get me in her good graces. And and uh, the monk is immediately like, no, she's just going to know you stole it from her, and she'll be mad at you. This is not going to work. Yeah, she's going to be like, oh, my necklace is gone immediately after a pickpocket showed up, and if that pickpocket shows up with the necklace, I'm going to put two and two together. Yeah. But anyway, they go to her house, which turns out to be this giant palace, and it takes so long for them to get there that I forgot where they were going and why they were sneaking into a house. Oh, yeah, and it takes so long to, like, get over the fence and get into the house. They take a boat to get there for some reason. Oh, yeah, she's she's on Staten Island. Yeah, she's, she's, on, she's on that Jefferson Island thing, yeah. Um, but, but they get into her house, and I don't know, she's at home alone, reading a book quietly, and wearing the most elaborate outfit that's ever been made. <laughs> Yeah. So she's wearing 15 green napkins. She's just got a bunch of like green strips of cloth that she has folded in various ways around her body to make a makeshift top. Yes. And then Jade and Carr get into a fight where Carr essentially explains the plot of the movie and what's going on. And he's like, we've got to go save some dudes or whatever, but we've got to hang out here because I'm being chased by Nazis. Also, we don't have any lead on. And she's like, wait, Nazis? I know where there's some Nazis. Well, then also my name is Jade and this is my palace. And you can see the monk in the background being like, ah, uh, 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 hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the 
fucking uh, the Nazis show up, manage to shoot the monk with a tranquilizer dart because he is bulletproof and not trank proof. Uh huh. And dart proof monk would have been a made <laughs> much less interesting movie. <laughs> I'm dart proof monk. <laughs> Uh, damn it. I, and here I am, the only dart-based mafioso. <laughs> I keep throwing darts at this guy, and he keeps <laughs> being like, no. Get him, dart. Oh. But boss, my name's dart. I definitely should not fight the dart-proof monk. <laughs> so. Well, then you get him, Bobby. I can't. I matriculated at Dartmouth. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, they take the monk away. Uh-huh. And you get there before I talk about a French guy named Dart. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm D'Artagnan. I can't hurt him. <laughs> Porthos, get in here. Oh, no, I'm going to send this jester after you. Oh, not the Commedia dell'arte. <laughs> hey, now you're getting in the spirit of it. So the monk gets taken away uh-huh. and... Jade goes, oh, that was Nina. She's the Nazi who runs the human rights organization. We need to go beat them up. I know where they are. Plus, you, you'll definitely... And he's like, great, I'm going alone because I don't want to get you in trouble. And she's like, no, because I'm cool and I have, can fight and I have a lot of toys. Leading to her, walk him into her garage and go, like, check out my... Cole- what do you think of my collection of armored bulletproof car. cars? <laughs> car. And he's like, those are great. Are we going to use them? No. I mean, Yes. <laughs> I mean, they did use them to drive to the place. Yeah. That's they, right. They do get shot at. There's a scene where the car gets shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That is they, fair. They Very use fair. the bulletproof car and the explosives as a diversion. Yes. They drive the car there remotely at, like, the very end and then blow it up when people go to check it out. Yes. And then sneak into the headquarters of the Nazis. Now, Nina has managed to scan the tattoos on uh, the monk's body as well as being like hey i would suck your dick yes right yeah now. she's definitely like ooh, this the whole scene where he she realizes the tattoos are on him is played very sensually oh you know you don't have a name i find that very attractive mm, erotic uh, how how far down do these tattoos go no matter i'll need to scan every inch of you every inch and i'm gonna scan you with this book light over and over again sensually <laughs> your brain is like swiss cheese <laughs> That's cool about my brain. There it is. Hey. <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> uh. And uh, Strucker begins reading this scanned nonsense, gets through most of it, and it gives him the power to turn young again. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets to the end, he's like, oh, shit, where's the last verse? And the monk's like, aha, I memorized it. Go fuck yourself. I'm not saying shit. And this is where we get our big final fight where Jade and Nina get to fight it out as well as Carr and the monk versus like super powered Strucker. Yeah, he, he turns into the super shredder. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got all souped up on scroll juice. Uh-huh. So now I, I'm a badass now. Yeah, that last verse just kind of makes you immortal. It doesn't. The re- I mean, the it, last verse, I assume, gives you the power to reshape reality, which is what it's supposed to do. Ah, I see. Yeah. And the first ones are just, all right. So three out of these four verses are get young. And then the last one is, I guess, also take over the world. Yeah, I like the, I like the notion that the last verse is just like, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. <laughs> the last verse is just four minutes of na, na, na's. <laughs> na, 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 na. I would have loved to see the, the fucking Nazi trying that. <laughs> 
My name is Strucker, and I'm here to say, wait, what the hell is this? This can't be correct. <laughs> this is just Duhast. Which <laughs> I love, obviously. Our, our Germans love Duhast. Duh. Rammstein is the natural, national treasure, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they are like uh, so for the Germans. They are like your bruising springs. <laughs> they are your American beaching boys. <laughs> uh, they have a fight and <laughs> beach boys. Yes. I mean, yes, te- yes, <laughs> yeah. technically, yes, quite a few. <laughs> but so do the monk and Carr and Strucker. Uh, Jade beats up Nina and. Good for her. Kills her. And uh, Jade also then releases all of the uh, trapped monks that are in there, Mm -hmm. you know, thus fulfilling the releasing brothers that are not your own part of that. They get into a fight with the the Nazi guy where he's out on a uh, platform that's hanging from the edge of a building. Uh, After a lot of fighting, him and Carr get stuck hanging from the edge of it when Carr decides, oh, now's a good time for me to remember the lesson about how I can, like, swim through air if I need to. And he... uh, jumps up and around and gets back on the platform, but the Nazi doesn't know how to do that, so he starts to fall. They try to rescue him with a pipe, and then they have that same discussion that's in, like, uh, Under Siege, or not Under Siege, whatever that movie we watched was, the uh, the, the Alaska movie, um, where where he's like, I'm going to rescue if you, if you can change. Do you have what it takes to change? I will never change. I will ride or die for Rammstein forever. <laughs> I've spent 60 years as a Nazi. I'm not going to change now. <laughs> You're very Austrian with yours. <laughs> well, granted, I'm a cartoon German. Yes. So I mean, I started going very Herzog You, you went from there. Herzog to Austria. Yeah. Was, which is a really interesting from Justin to Kelly sequel. <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> Love that Joker. Um, but he's like, I can never change. And so that he just falls off the roof. And you think he's dead. But much like the Super Shredder before him, he'll just pop back up in a second. Yeah. Uh... But he falls to his presumed death, uh-huh. and then the monk is like, well, uh, this is the time you fulfilled all the prophecies, uh, except very clearly Jade did all of the prophecies, but we're going to let you think for a second it's just going to be you. Uh-huh. We're going to do the big wind and light show thing, and I'm going to get old, and here, now you're you're the monk. And then Strucker shows up and shoots at him, and Jade jumps in front of the bullet, and this causes Carr to be like, fuck you, I can do fucking M. Bison Psycho Crusher shit now. <laughs> and indeed he does. Yeah, so then he's like, this today is the death of your, uh, the end of your life, but for me, it is a Tuesday. But yeah, he manages to take out the Nazi, and everyone's happy, hooray. And, and then it turns like- out, when he goes to see Jade, she's got the tattoos on her, because he got tattoos transferred to him. She also has some on her. Because he's like, oh, you both fulfilled the prophecies. And now it's even more safe because instead of it being on one person, it's split between the two of you. Yeah. So now even if one of you gets caught, no one will ever have the entirety of this shit. Yeah. So for the final scene of the movie, he whispers half of the final verse to each of them so that they will always have to rely on each other. And neither one can decide to just go have ultimate power. And then he's like, great, now I'm going to go on a vacation. And he doesn't get shot and he walks away. And our heroes are like, hooray, we did it. We are the winners. And yeah, then, we're cool badasses And then, now. you know, Sean William Scott looks over at Jamie King and is like, "Say, so, what's your half of the song? And then she's like, oh, it's na 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 And the credits roll. <laughs> oh, weird. Mine was just claps and haze. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the movie. We did it. We got to the end of Bulletproof Monk. Yeah. Let's 
get into our bests and worsts. Sure. I suppose we should. I suppose we ought. We should. We, we, and indeed we must. <laughs> and we shall. Jeff, what was the best thing in Bulletproof Monk? Uh, the couple of scenes, there's two or three very small scenes uh, that have Mako in them. <laughs> okay. In which he talks with his cool Mako voice and... I really like the scene where Nina shows up to harass him and, he, and she's like, I'm from the health inspector department. And he's like, we have an A rating. You can't mess with us. And she's like, yeah, but I'm actually here about the kid that lives in your girl. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, yay, Mako. Yay, Mako. So my, that's my real answer. The rest of this movie's fine. It's some generic 2000s era action crap. But I'm always so happy to see Mako. I do enjoy, I mean, maybe my favorite thing, maybe not. One of the action scenes where they are being chased are Carr and the monk. Where they let Chow Yun Fat do the I'm gonna have two guns and like oh yeah do the flip like my coat out and like spin and shoot the guns out of people's hands uh-huh. and then like drop the clips and kick the clips into people I that was, was like, pretty cool great fucking awesome you let him do the thing it also precedes a scene where uh, it's basically the monk is running away from suit guys and uh, Sean William Scott's running along with him and then he just kind of halfway through realizes I'm scared of all these suit gun guys so he's like ah uh, you know what monk this is more like they're chasing you I'm leaving and so he ducks down an alley finds more guys down there who were still chasing him, runs back out, and is like, on second thought, I'm on your team. Yeah. That was fun. No, that I think that, because that was the end of that scene is the Mon- monk doing that shit. Yeah, getting to do gun kata, because, you know, he's the guy from... <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. like, hey, we're going to let you do fucking chow on fat shit. Yeah. And that's probably the best scene, I it's, would say. It's probably the best looking martial arts moment is yeah. just him whirling around with guns in hand. So that'll be my favorite is just that one scene. I was like, oh, good. You you got the correct, like, cinematography for him, at least for one scene. Yeah. Uh, what was the worst thing in this? Oh, there's one scene where Mako dies and is dead. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And then he's not in the movie anymore after that. And I feel like that was a really bad decision. <laughs> bad choice. I think that this movie should have had a lot more Mako in it that, that lasted the rest of the film. Uh-huh. I mean, ultimately, I feel like my my least favorite thing is actually the part where they reveal what the second prophecy is uh-huh. by just having her be like, my name's Jade, and this is a palace. You just fought me in a Jade palace. I mean, I kept going like, oh, well, there's Golden Palace. Obviously, they'll go to some fucking restaurant called the Jade Palace mm-hmm. or whatever and be like, oh, you fought for love in the Palace of Jade. Hey, we did it. Yeah. I was like, okay, I get it. I, I just figured it was going to be like from. a green building and be like, ah, oh, it's Jade. It's the Jade color. I get it. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. But no, it was just, hi, I'm Jade, and this is my palace. Yeah, that's Welcome, probably, MTV, to my crib. I think that's actually my least favorite thing, because I was just so dumb. It was like Because by that point, it, it had been like an hour since the last prophecy, so you kind of forget that they're even a thing. And then when she brings it back up, you're like, ugh, oh, ugh. Yeah. So, that. what about you, though? Uh, I mean, part of me, just in the prophecy thing, was like, oh, but fucking Carr didn't do the last prophecy. No, he, he didn't set anyone free. At all. I was like, oh, you didn't do shit. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, you he didn't... fought He fought that Nazi. That Nazi was imprisoning yeah, people. He fought the Nazi, but he, he didn't set his brothers free. He set no one free. He specifically left to fight a Nazi. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, you didn't fulfill shit. Go fuck yourself. Hey, you know, it's always morally correct to punch a Nazi. It's true. Yeah. I'm not saying what he did was wrong. No, I'm, I'm not saying, saying we, he didn't fulfill I'm just saying I'm, I'm pretty sure that still fulfills the prophecy. I'm pretty sure any get, given prophecy step can also be re, like replaced or, or at any point. Or punch a Nazi. Or, or, or punch a Nazi, yeah. <laughs> you will find the five lotus in the land of wind or punch a Nazi. Yeah, see? <laughs> Sounds correct, right? <laughs> oh, let's do our rating for the end of the show. We are each going to rate 
Bulletproof Monk from zero to five. So we get a final rating out of ten. Jeff. Uh, two and a half. It wasn't the worst thing ever, but it was also wasn't interesting, especially to me. I mean, it was mostly like, ooh, I like Chow Yun Fat. I like Sheldon William Scott. I wish they were in something better, but it's definitely like very middle of the road. So two and a half feels right to me. What about you? Uh, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half. Mm. I enjoyed this. Okay, that's this fair. This was just sort of fun. Yeah. Like, it wasn't good, but it was fun. I'm not budging, but I agree with your with your take. I think a six is pretty close to correct. Yeah. So six out of ten, Bulletproof Monk, better than you might think. Still not great, but, you know, it's all right. It's mm-hmm. fine. So there you Wonderful go. Wonderful sequel to 100 Bullets. Very confusing. The, Very weird. Yeah, because that's about like a hard-boiled detective or something. I, no, not even a little bit. I thought it was a 100% about, is it actually just about 100 Bullets and they all, uh, is it the 100 Bullets from, from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes, yeah. it's 100 of those. <laughs> each of them has their own personality and uh-huh. each issue is about a different one of the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's about a whole weird secret society thing and the 100 Bullets is like, oh, these are bullets that... If you kill someone, they can never trace it to you. Basically, ah. you can get away with murder. Mm-hmm. There's, and there's I read a detective. Hu- I read yeah. 100 Bullets, and it was very weird. Did you read the, the sequel, Bulletproof Monk? <laughs> 100 Bulletproof Monk. It's got monks. a lot more hard-boiled detective stuff in it. That's yeah. why I was confused. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Now, by the time you get to 100 Lasers... <laughs> by the time you get there, they've really muddied the waters. Yeah, it's about all kinds of things now. <laughs> uh. So, thank you for joining us for our review of Bulletproof Monk a live-action adaptation of a comic book. And if you like reviews of live-action adaptations of comic book stuff, you can join us over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash systemmastery. At the $10 a month level, you unlock TV Mastery, where we are just about done going through the small screen heroes, the TV live adaptations of superhero comic book stuff. Yep, and we got a fun one this week. Yes, indeed. We got a a fun, funny, good times for everybody. We watched one of the adaptations of The Tick. One of the three. The Tick's got some legs. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Mm. You seen them? The calves on that guy? He's got some gams on that fella. (laughs) Those legs go all the way up to the antenna. What's amazing to me is that there's three Ticks out there, and I've liked all three of the performances a great deal. Uh Uh-huh. It's amazing. Yeah. So, if you want to join us for that, head on over to patreon.com slash systemmastery, the $10 level. It unlocks all of our bonus content, all the TV mastery, all of our expanded, expounded universe, everything we do, years of content, and you get a single RSS feed for all of our shows. What a deal. Ad-free. Uh-huh. No interruptions, no assholes except for us. That's it. You just got to deal with us for the whole hour and whatever it goes on. That's correct. And uh, if you you know you can't afford to do that, or you just don't like us enough to, to give us money, I get it. I don't like us enough to give us money. But you like us enough to listen to us, apparently. So mm-hmm. you know you can always just tell someone else to listen to us, and maybe they'll like us enough to give us money. I'll better tell somebody, and then we'll be able to keep doing what we do, mm-hmm. what we love to do. Buy mansions. You. We love to buy mansions. And put yachts in them. <laughs> I am Elmer J. Fudd. I own a mansion and a yacht. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks with another Movie Mastery. And until then, you all have a good one. <laughs>